Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Cisco Technology Podcast. Uh, it's me, Justin Woolen, and you can contact the podcast at, uh, at Justin Woolen on Twitter or email directly at uh, justin.woolen at cisco.com. So, uh, what are we going to talk about today? Well, today uh, we're joined again by our regular contributor, Mr. Mark Jackson. Hi, Justin. Hello, mate. Thanks for joining us again. And th- this, this podcast is totally... Uh, brought on because of Mark, because I, I pinged him the other day, and uh, I didn't ping him, I, I, I was talking to him about recording other podcasts, oh. and he said, have we done one on ransomware? That's right. And I said, what's ransomware? Said, ransomware. <laughs> what's ransomware? And, um, and when he explained it to me, it scared the bejeebus out of me, and I thought, it's really topical, uh, and I wanted to make sure that uh, we shared this with our, with our mm-hmm. listeners as well. First of all, Mark, what is this ransomware? Okay, uh, well, I guess I guess to put it a little bit in context before I answer what is the ram- ransomware, I mean, certainly over the last, and the reason why it's topical, is the last three or four weeks, maybe even a bit longer, there's been a lot of uh, noise in the press about ransomware outbreaks. Um, certainly in the UK, there's been a number of local authorities and uh, uh, NHS Trust and various other organisations that have been hit, and so it, it's causing a lot of noise at the moment. So there might be a few people out there who just well, how do I how do I solve it? So to come to your question, what is ransomware? Um, it's malware, so it's malicious code. I mean, you know, just to kind of put that. So it's like a virus or a worm. But what ransomware specifically tries to do, as the name suggests, is it it holds the victim to ransom. And the reason it does that, or the way it does that, is it um, once it infects your device, it will encrypt your documents. So it will encrypt your Word documents, your PowerPoint, your music, your pictures, your videos. Uh, and once it's done that. It will then pop a nice, uh, helpful dialogue up that says, "Hey, you, all your files aren't accessible anymore. Um, please pay a ransom, and we'll give you the uh, the necessary material to unlock it." Uh, and that ransom, you know, typically is three, four hundred dollars. Could be higher. It's but... basically. Do you know what this is? We, we use a lot of house analogies, and we do. And, uh, the one thing I was just thinking of then was it's basically like somebody you, you've you somebody's pinched your key out of your pocket for your house yeah. and said, "Right, if you give me hundred pounds, mm. you'll have the key back to your front door again." Yeah. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. In a, in a or your car way. keys. So, yeah. yeah, I've got your car keys, but you can have. I've, I've found your car keys, but or I've nicked you your car keys, but you can have them back if yeah. you pay me some money. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a. I mean, it, you know, again, the, the the concept of ransoms is not new. No, um, not at all. No. And so, you know, the, the guys that do the bad stuff in security all over, they you know, they're not they're not stupid. They're they're smart people, um, uh, and they and they know how to you know make money. They they know how to do this kind of stuff, and and that's what ransomware is. So it, you know, you get the infection, it locks up your machine, you know, encrypts your device, uh, encrypts your files, and you are unless you've got a backup uh, or you pay the ransom, you're so you're it stuck. doesn't sound like it's something that's just at businesses. It's very indiscriminate because very. I'm just thinking of you mean the files that people would be get really more bothered about would be their personal maybe there's some personal stuff. Yeah, they could be yeah. the pictures. Yeah. You mean their, their family yeah. album from yeah. X amount of years. Absolutely, yeah. Wow. Yeah, totally indiscriminate. And and, and you know that that's often the kind of next question, which is how is it that this stuff is propagating around? You know, how are people getting infected by this? And um there's a number of different ways that, that people are finding. I mean the majority of this is predominantly through um, phishing attacks. So phishing being, you know, uh, sort of masquerading as your bank or your service provider or whoever it might be, sending you an email, please click this link, please click this attachment. Um, And we know people still fall for that. Um, And we get, I I mean, I've had them from my bank, or pretend to be my bank. Mm. Um, We even even test ourselves at work, don't we? Mm -hmm. I've had an email from 
what I thought was a work email yep. and it said you shouldn't have opened this because this could have been Absolutely. potentially yeah. uh, 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 malware. Yeah, and it, it's the classic social en- it's classic social engineering. It's and actually for when you look at any attack, whether it's ransomware or others, the, you know the vast majority of vectors, as we call them, the way in which the bad guys get into the networks. You know, it's not through break. You know, some real hardcore breaking into firewalls and breaking into systems. Nine times out of ten, all they need to do is go and fish somebody. So yeah. the other thing is, because we did a podcast previously on on, on uh, Wi-Fi security, yeah. and especially yeah, we did. And it's, it's like there's still the easier way out there: just send somebody an, send an, email, an email and get them to click on a link. Yeah, pretend you're from your local service provider or you work for the bank, and you apply the right amount of pressure in the right point, and people will. Well, I, I was at a, at a customer meeting a week ago, and myself and two colleagues were we walked up to the front desk. And before we'd even spoken to anybody, two individuals were coming out of a secure door, you know, so a locked door effectively, a badge card access, and they saw three of us and they held the door open immediately. Without any question, <laughs> no, we didn't know we hadn't identified us. It's just the classic social way in which humans kind of operate, really. Yeah. So you're, you're playing on that, and it's the, it's the classic age-old con, and that's, that's why phishing is so successful. So there's another... When you talk malvertising, yeah, yeah. So malvertising a, a wonderful amalgamation of, of words of you know malware, uh, malware and advertising. And, advertising. Um, and what malvertising is, it's, it's a slightly more worrying vector because oftentimes you might not even know that it's happening. But in effect, what malvertising is, if, if we take a step back and look at the way in which the web is delivered, the content's delivered today, uh, we look at I don't know a particular news website. You'll have the content of that particular site, but you'll also have it uh, surrounded by adverts, typically. Um, now, those ads are delivered by a completely different provider. There'll be third-party providers who deliver those ad images into that page. Um, so what the attackers do is instead of going and going after the maybe particularly famous news outlet, um, they'll go after the advertising network and they'll go and compromise those services. Uh, and they do that for two reasons. One is those are typically less secure than maybe a very highly re- you know, uh, high-reputation brand. Uh, but also we, they know that those images and those adverts could be served up to tens of thousands, so it's a massive amplica- amplification mm. attack. They might be sent to 10,000. But the same advert will be shown on multiple, <laughs> multiple websites. websites. So, so, yeah. Just, yeah, okay. yeah. so you get that amplica- amplification effect of, of compromising that, that advertising network. So what they do is they serve up uh, a malicious advert onto one of those pages. So you know, I might well go to a completely reputable website that served up one of these malverts, um, Malvert. <laughs> not sure whether I'm making up words now. I think but we're in a I'm, I'm going to keep that, that one. Trademark Mark Jackson. Malvert. Um, so a mal, you know that that particular malicious advert, and sometimes it might be clickable, so the user might have to click on it. You know, you see adverts which could be, uh, you know, your your PC is infected. Click here to do a scan, and and again, you're relying upon that social engineering. Not everybody understands that actually that's unlikely to have happened, or it's unlikely mm. to be presented through that page. So you get somebody to click on it. And again, I only have to get a dozen clicks or 20 clicks or 30 clicks or 40 clicks to actually start to then get those infection rates up. Okay. Uh, there's an, there's a, one that I still find very disturbing is the, is the drive-by. Oh. Yeah, See, I'm learning all these new... For, for this now, I, I've I'm obviously been, I've done quite a few podcasts now with Mark Jackson <laughs> and uh, hopefully lots more in the future. And I'm just getting more and more up on security. So I'm more and more scared. I'm more and more scared. Yeah. I am going to start just turning my laptop <laughs> off and never turn it on again. I'm going to turn my iPhone off and everything. And, and other phones that I have available. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so go on, drive-by. Yeah, so drive-by downloads. Uh, that's not, not a new concept. Drive-by downloads have been around for a while. And, and in effect, it's it's a way in which the, the bad guys will compromise a website. They'll, again, through malvertising, they could put, put, 
put malware up through a, a, a malicious advert, or they could compromise the site itself. Um, doesn't really matter. The point is, is that they will be able to compromise your machine without you having to click on anything. So they, I mean, typically they're exploiting known vulnerabilities. Um, you know, so if you haven't patched your Flash or your Java or your web so browser, haven't kept your software up, up to, to date. date. You know, and. and a lot of people aren't very good at doing that, you know. Because they're just that. like, do you want to do it now or do it later? Or do later. doing something, yeah. Yeah, um, and so we know that that oftentimes you're running maybe one, two, three, five, ten revisions out of date on some of those those applications. And and Flash is notorious uh, for the number of vulnerabilities it's had over the years. Um, I mean, its its usage is dying away, but it is it is a, a particularly uh, high target for the bad guys. But the point is, is that the the user doesn't have to click on anything. So that concept of telling users, well, don't click on links, don't do this. Actually, sometimes they they almost they don't have to do anything, and oh, they okay. could still get something down on their machine. So it's kind of the whole spectrum of you know phishing slash spam, malvertising, driver downloads. Um, yeah, it's it's nasty stuff. So thanks for that. And you've, as I said, you scared the bejeebus out of me. But why who, these people? Why do they do it? Simple answer: money. I mean, you know, you look back in the days of kind of malware, uh, the early days of malware with Code Red and Nimda and. You know, the Anaconda Cobra virus and all those kind of things that were. I have not a clue what any of them were. Okay, right, okay. Uh, but let's not. Let's, let's <laughs> another, another, pos- another podcast, The History of Malware. Um, but, you know, back in those days, the motivation for the attackers was as much about notoriety and fame and, you know, bragging rights, really. Um, today, it's, it's, there's a full economy around this. Um, so there's a group inside Cisco called Talos. Um, and Talos are a group of around five to 600 researchers, security researchers that sit within the Cisco organization. Uh, and they do a number of different things, but one of them is, is collecting all of the, the data that we get from our various different security appliances, our web security appliances, our, our source fire, um, firepower appliances, and use a lot of that data to then kind of analyze trends and understand what new and emerging threats are out there. They did a piece of work uh, about six or eight months ago looking at a particular exploit kit called Angler, now, Angler itself wasn't really, it's not ransomware, but it was a way in which the bad guys were infecting lots and lots of machines. In some cases, around 90,000 machines a day were being compromised with Angler. And then that foothold was being used to then deliver other payloads to that to that device. And a lot of it was ransomware. Um, and through kind of working the numbers and looking at the number of infections were happening a day and how many per- what percentage of people would pay the ransom... They predicted that they were looking at the people running this particular um, campaign, this exploit campaign, about $34, $35 million a year they could have generated in revenue just from that one uh, that one campaign. Wow. So um, there's a lot of money in this. There's, there's a, so that, there's that, a, the motivation behind is money. There's a significant amount of money, and, that, and that's it. You know, and the guys, the, you know, the, 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 the teams behind this are, you know, they're well-funded. They're producing some highly high-quality code in a lot of cases. Um, and they're even exploiting standard commercial models. I mean, things like, um, uh, I think it was SamSam, which is one of the, the more recent versions of, of uh, ransomware that we've seen. I mean, there's others. There's Locky and um, uh, CryptoLocker and TeslaCrypt and other wonderful names like that. But SamSam, I think, provides uh, a graduated or, or uh, an early payment discount. So if you pay your ransom within a day, then the cost will be X. And if you pay it's within exactly three like days, a parking charge. exactly like a parking charge. So they're exploiting the kind of commercial models that we, you know, they're doing discounts. You know, if you've got 10 machines, if you're a business, you've got 10 machines infected, they'll give you a discount. You, you know, pay for eight and you'll get 10 and oh, this gosh. kind of stuff. So then they're, they're not stupid. Um, so, so it sounds very organized though. It sounds very, 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 highly organized. Highly organized. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's that, just not a kid 
No. It's some geeky kid in a room. No. Living on pizza, doesn't go no. out living on drinking. No, it's not, you know, on the Kool Aid. And, 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 yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. and all these high energy drinks. No. Is, it's, it's, you know, it's serious organised. So it's very crime. serious, so it's, yeah. we, and it should be taken seriously. Uh, it as has well. to be taken seriously. Uh, they're extorting lots of money out of, out of lots of people. So, um, what are we, um, so what can customers, what, what can customers and listeners mm. do about this? Because this is, this is, I, I mm. you mean, you've scared me. I'm sure that you'll, you'll provide people, other people with concerns, and, and, and there'll mm. be other customers out there who may be going through this now. Mm. So, what can they do to help themselves? Well, I think, I think with a lot of these, I mean, you know, the, the way in which these, the, the bad guys are getting into the environment is it's social engineering techniques. So, your, your first line of defense, if you're thinking about a defensive uh, approach, is going to be your users. So you've got to ensure, and, and it becomes a cliche, but educating the user base, making sure they understand. So educating your staff, educating the staff, educating educating your entire user population. Anybody, you know, the wetware, as we call it, you know, the the, the wetware. Have you never heard the wetware? No, I've never heard the, the wetware. That was not great for podcasts, but pulling funny looks. <laughs> I came with funny look. What was a wetware? But you know, we talk about hardware and we talk about software and we talk about the wetware. The human as in because we're made up of because we're made of water ah. and other squishy stuff. Um, so I've the the saying of the problem lies between the chair and the desk. That's the other way. The wetware. Yeah, and that's, and that and that's you know and, and we we you know I have a, I have a bit of a, a thing about the way in which we we derise the user base. You know, we always say the users are stupid and they click on links. You know what? Sometimes you don't have to be that stupid in inverted commas to click on links. Um, well, no, 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 because you're just saying from from I mean, I could see an advert for something that yes, I do yeah. want that's yeah. that's been very well targeted yeah. at me by cookies and everything. Absolutely, like that. yeah. And I go, I'm gonna buy that Absolutely, pair of shoes yeah, or, yeah. or whatever yeah, that I'll is. Click on that link, yeah. And then bang, you're done. Or yeah. if, it's better, you and if the company. Or the, the environment has been kept today, and you have a drive-by. Oh my God, you're done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it, it, you know the, the, we always talk about other phrases. You know, the, you, you as a, as a defender, you have to be right every time, and the, the attackers have to be right once in terms yeah. of getting into your environment. It's just that one small vulnerability. So, so what can they do? It, it's about educating, and that isn't just this is phishing, this is spam. Don't you know? You've got to try and keep with the times because the 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 level of sophistication that the attackers are using now is not. You know, it isn't just about you know, but the yeah. interesting thing is that, is that not everybody in work is an IT person. We Absolutely all use IT not, all the time, no. and, and everyone in my well, household uses IT every yeah. time. So it's about doing it in a way that you can sort of th- think about how you would, how you can just keep your 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 workforce or your staff yeah. up to speed on what's going on out Absolutely, there. And, yeah. and it's that back to the thing we did in, in previous podcasts: the people mm. policy and process. Yeah. You've got yeah. people; they're your first line of Absolutely. defense. I mean, for example, Always. and we've talked about that before, but educate them. In a way that they can understand, you can put process in there to make sure that they've they've attended the training. Yeah. Or you mean watch the short video? Or test them. Or test them, and that's the one thing that happens internally. Absolutely. We we, we spam ourselves. Yeah. 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 To test ourselves out as well, and then putting the process in in there as well. Yeah. But having technology then to to be your it's your backstop. It's your ca- yeah. It's, absolutely. It's, it's yeah. Your, it's, it's, it's you know that's an American term. Oh, your wicket keeper. It's your wicket keeper. Uh, <laughs> to say, let's be a bit more uh, a bit more UK centric. Yeah. Um, but let, yeah. t- technology is not the answer to anything because no. they tell you what, if every day you're clicking, your staff or your workforce are clicking on the wrong links all the time mm-hmm. and having any self-awareness of how they are part of this process, yeah. Yeah. then it's, you're just going to, you're on a, an, it's not going to get, it's, you're on a hiding for nothing because Absolutely. you're just never going to keep up. No, no. So that's, that's a really good thing to, to, to think about. 
of, of, of making sure we educate the staff. So what are the other things can we do? Well, I think I think once you get beyond the education, there's then there's then looking at the technology. You know, okay. policy and the people are, are critically important and they should never be forgotten. But the technology is for us, obviously, that that has to be there. I think, firstly, never look for a technology silver bullet. Um, you know, there will be a lot of dare I say it, snake oil technology solutions that will claim, you know, buy this box, that will solve your problem. And I think that's where security's gone wrong for a number of years. There's been that perception that uh, something bad's gone wrong, therefore I must buy some sort of magic box that will help solve that problem. And technology sales, security sales have been very focused on, Mm -hmm. right, buy, you know, have a problem, buy a box. And I think what we found as a company in our sort of security strategy and as that's evolved, we started to look at that and say, well, actually that doesn't work. Um, what that leads you with is, is kind of two problems. Firstly, a whole bunch of very disparate, disconnected technology solutions mm-hmm. that don't really work together and maybe solve one particular problem really well, but don't really look at the complexity of threat that we face today. Mm-hmm. Um, and just leave gaps all over, you know, becomes expensive to manage and so on. So we, we talk about, um, in Cisco, we talk about the before, during and after, this attack continuum. Yeah, And, and it, it's a really good way to kind of talk about security because... So much focus and so much energy from a security solution is focused on the before, the how do I build my defense. Yeah. So it's always that thing of, back to house analogy again, yeah. is how do I stop somebody coming and Get breaking in. into, my, yeah. getting into my house? Absolutely. But once they're in... What do you then do? How do you then, do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How yeah. do you then protect yourself once they're in? And, and I think that's, you know, we'll, we'll you know, no doubt talk about it at some point, but the, the point of that defense piece is a really critical mindset shift that, that people need to have. So so I guess the coming back to the what other things can people do, think about security across that continuum. Think about and ask yourself the question, uh, if I was compromised, how might I do security differently? Yeah. Um, you know, it's a good way to kind of gel the thinking because we, we put so much effort on that building the walls yeah. higher. But what happens if it gets in? Because it yeah. will. Because once you're in, you're in. Yeah. And and that's interesting. So so if you like think about the way those the way those these attacks happen. Mm. Yeah. So they can happen via phishing, so yeah. email. email. So that so what would what would is that something that you need to continue? So yeah. I'm, there's an assumption here mm. f- for the listeners is that obviously there's there's firewalls and yeah, there's yeah, yeah. intrusion detection yeah. and yeah. intrusion prevention and, and and things like that. Yeah, and yeah. antivirus, antivirus, yeah. and all well, these things are still getting in, right? The you know that that's kind of the point. So it's making sure that so so from a, a, a an email, it just mm. makes sure you've got a good. Email security yeah. and and and, it, and you know for us of course you know we, we we have a number of different solutions in that before space you know yeah. that we've got a lot of defensive technologies in yeah. our kit bag um, specifically to these kind of attacks that you know there's there's broadly two you know the, there's the email security appliance our web security appliance really looking at content security but as stuff comes in into the network into the network yeah then you're able to you're able to tr- look at the content so and, and, you know yeah it's about looking at maybe the payload so if uh, you know oftentimes actually ransomware isn't attached to an email so again another clever little thing to try and avoid uh, detection is the malware writers or the, or the you know the people who run these campaigns won't actually attach the ransomware payload what they'll do is they'll create another another term for you is a dropper uh, and what it is, a dropper is effectively just a piece of, not malicious code, but it's a piece of code, maybe Java or something like that, that all its purpose is, is to be brought in on that email, and then when the user clicks on it, it will go off and then pull the ransomware down, or pull the payload down yeah. effectively. Ah, so it's right, just okay. a sort of, that initial foothold, but if you were to scan it, it might not look malicious, because it doesn't really do anything apart from make an outbound connection to some yeah. hosting site to pull down the malware. So so make sure your email security email, is... Email, web security... Got- Web security as well, obviously, because we talked about the advertising and the advertising. Because again, we'll be able to pick that kind of stuff up. 
Um, so, so assuming now they've got through all that, that those. So you, even though you've well. got, yeah, you've got good email and mm-hmm. web security, mm-hmm. and they've got through. So you're in a in a place where you've been attacked. You're yep. being attacked. Yes. And and then it's it's really about, or fundamentally, it becomes about visibility at that point, because once I'm behind that perimeter, on a, in a network sense, is how, how what's going on. You know, a lot of our customers focus 80, 80 to 90% of their security investments on that before people yeah. building, building the big perimeter. Once you're inside, they have no idea what's going on yeah. uh, or very little visibility of what's going on. So here, you know, we get into, we, you know, we've, we've, um, uh, we talk about NetFlow. We talk about being able to monitor the traffic that's going on on the network. So for NetFlow, it's essentially the telephone bill. It's, it's the who's talking to who. Yeah. Uh, what application they have. But in there are, are signatures to spot bad behavior. Well, what you're looking for with NetFlow is often behavior. Yeah. So with, you're not typically looking so for... So if you're seeing somebody who's had an email, yep. they've clicked on the download, yep. then there's that behavior, an outbound yep. connection yep. somewhere, they, we, that would be picked up and saying, yep. why is that person, why is this person, yep. who has no reason at all yeah. to connect to XYZ a, X, or a, a yeah. country yep. that we have no office yep. in or no yep. customers in or anything. Yeah. That could be trigger a. That could trigger a known, you know. That could trigger a, you know, a, a sort of level of concern or an alert or an identity to say, let's go and have a look at that. Now. Something's not quite right with this, and and you know, there's a number of different things. So that's that's one angle of the visibility. Um, there's also sort of somewhat sort of spans between the before and the during, which is an acquisition we made of a company called OpenDNS. And OpenDNS, as the name suggests, is they, they provide recursive DNS lookup. Um, but one of the really nice things is that. They see 80 billion DNS requests a day, which actually is only about 3 or 4% of the DNS yeah. on the internet. But through that, they can also start to identify malicious websites, malicious domains. So every time anybody's caught by an attack it's in the world, they're going to go over Typically. to that and so they're going to hit... They're going to query DNS. They'll query DNS. And if the customer is using DNS, open DNS, open DNS then we'll get spotted. So... Or, and or blocked. So be before, mm. in the sense of somebody else could be attacked, but mm. because of the nature of they've been attacked, we can then flag, open DNS would flag that, yeah, and then start to protect everybody else. Absolutely. And that's exactly it. It's kind of that feedback loop of, and you know, one of the values of things like Talos and the and the data that we have and the data yeah. that we see through all of these different things is that we can provide that protection to our customers mm-hmm. really quickly. So open DNS could, at first point, block the DNS request for that yeah. malware download. Or if it's never seen it before and it's not too sure, you'd at least have a record of it. So you can see exactly where your patient zero was. Yeah. You could see which machines are infected. So from a cleanup yeah. and re- remediation perspective, you've see, got yeah. that visibility. I like the way you're using like the, an outbreak type infection. But, it, but that's but it's kind yeah. of what it is. It, you know, it it's sort of feels a bit bit like a, a slightly cheesy analogy. But it is really important to know Who's where, where zero, did it yeah. get in? Where's that patient zero? Yeah. And how did it then spread uh, across the organization? Um, and there's other technologies. I mean, that you know, we can spend... Hours talking about the different technologies, but the well, yeah, but the, the, you know, to be in realistic terms, yeah. though, you mean the customers haven't got infinite no. lots of money, so no. they can't buy everything. So no, no, there's no, got to no. be certain things that you mean. We we mentioned a lot about you yeah. know, firewalls, things like that. But we mean it's trying to say what are the things that can really help it. Like difference. you say, yeah. it's defense in depth, isn't it? There's Absolutely. no front, there's no there's, there's no, no first line. It's no. second, third, yeah, and hopefully, you mean and, and visibility, and, and and I think that's that's you know to me the focus of. Uh, when I talk to, to, to customers a lot, it's about trying to shift that mindset. You know, I think security is so focused on defense that you need to shift that conversation. That you will get attacked. Think, you know, there, there's, a, there's a great statistic that Talos talk about when they present what they do as an organization, which is that 
uh, I think this was from around last November, October, they were analyzing 1.1 million new, unique malware samples a day. That's unique malware samples, 1.1 million. And you sit there and you think, okay, so if I've built my security based on signatures, antivirus, intrusion prevention. I'm never going to be up to date. I'm never going to be up to date. That's 1.1 million a day. Now, obviously. So you've got to block behaviors. You've got to look at behaviors. You've got to look at how quick can you be able to identify those. So it, it's quickly in it. It's, it is that, if you go back to the house thing again, you mean mm. somebody's going to get through any, I mean, I'm sure yeah. that anyone can break into my house. Yeah. But it's how quick can I identify that? Yeah. And how quickly can I get them back out of yeah. my house? Yeah, in a way, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what you're trying to do. That's what you're trying to get them out. You know, you accept that at some point they get in. Uh, and, maybe and, then, and then be able to go, right, how do they get in? And then how yeah. do I yeah. make my security better? Yes, yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's kind Is of the mindset. Is it through window, through door? Did yeah. I, did, did it, was it through the cat flap? Yeah. Or, yeah. Or you mean Because unless you're going to build yourself a concrete bunker to live in, yeah. which most people don't do because they have to connect to the internet, they have to connect yeah. to partner organisations. And we have to do our you've jobs. You've got to accept yeah. that there's traffic that's going to flow in and out of your network that you're not always going to be too sure about or yeah. you're not going to be able to always police. So yeah. what's next? Well, it's okay. got to be about visibility on the inside. So it's the interesting thing because you, you mentioned about NetFlow and we've yeah. we talked about on, on we, we've, um, there is a podcast out there as, uh, around that as well, Network as a, a Network as a Sensor, mm-hmm. we, and then that leads into Network as an Enforcer, so being able yeah. to very quickly quarantine, quarantine, quarantine. and kick, kick yeah. per, change your security policy, policy. very dynamically enough, so, yeah. to say never allow any communication yeah. from this yeah. uh, from this computer or never allow any any communication to yeah. this yeah. Uh, website or, yeah, or whatever, yeah. isn't yeah. it? And actually, just on that point, what's really important is that when I talk about ransomware and I get the, you know describe that it typically is encrypting your files on your machine, actually ransomware is a little bit more clever than that in the sense that it will also typically encrypt things like network file shares. So if it gets into an, if it's, if it's your home PC, then it's just your local machine. And a lot of people say, well, okay, if it gets into my organization, then it's just going to be maybe that one machine because that person's clicked on it. If that's connected to a lot of network file shares, most ransomware will go and encrypt those as well, just happily for you. And potentially, because you can jump over there as a network file get, share. Because you've got, you've got a permitted share, so we'll just go and encrypt that. Oh, so if you've got half a dozen shares you're doing on it your again, machine... You're scaring me even more now. But, you know, and that's where that kind of... Coming back to your point about being able to quarantine very quickly... If it was just encrypting your local machine, that's kind of, well, okay, what's quarantine actually going to do? The infection's there. It's not going to... You know, ransomware typically doesn't spread it's not like help, It's not going to help your patient zero, shares. but... Yeah, if your patient zero is then gone... then going to get in all your file shares, then immediately... But then your file shares will then affect everyone else who's sharing those files. It doesn't... Well, yeah, I mean, everybody else who's got them, if you've got a finance file share... Where all of your financial documents. So are sorry, I just got confused there. Yeah. So is that does that mean if I'm if I've been infected, my PC's been infected, and yeah. it's infected, it's in, and it's encrypted my hard drive, it's encrypted my file, file shares. Share. Yeah. Will it then use that as a point of inf- not infect- typically, not no. typically. So, so it will. So with so ransomware, right, okay. typically it will typically reside on one machine, and it will it will just you know encrypt the local files, it encrypt files that it can see across a file share. But they typically don't spread laterally like a worm okay. or a virus might do, which is much more about once I'm in, I'll then spread. So we've covered about, we talked about before. We did. We talked about during. Yep. So what about after? Yeah, so after is, is often the kind of forensics and the cleanup. And it's the and, and a lot of the time it's, it's really reusing a lot of the technologies and the concepts that we talk about in the during because they, they tend to leak over the attack continuum. Because if I'm collecting NetFlow records and I'm collecting that forensic evidence then that's going to be useful for me. So my forensic evidence becomes my net, my, becomes my signature. Uh, absolutely, it becomes my signature, becomes my you know, my roots in, it becomes my way of identifying maybe 
targeted training. You know, maybe that's the individual yeah. who clicked on the link. You know, it's yeah. it's about that kind of cleanup piece of. And then being obviously uh, block URLs if they block need. URLs signatures. Um, you know, looking at are my policies right? Yeah. Did, you know, could we have done better? Could we feed that back into improving policy, improving education? It's yeah. the classic kind of feedback loop of right. What do we learn and how do we do it better next time? Okay, so that's that's really interesting because I mean, obviously, uh, this is this is a Cisco podcast, yeah. and and the one thing that I, I've spoken to a, a couple of customers about networks and network security and things like that, and they, what they've done, they say is, yeah, I've got a vendor for this, I've got yeah. a vendor for that, mm-hmm. and you could, there are all best of breeds out there. You know, we're not the only other vendor in the world. No. But the thing is, is, is how quickly, if you've got multiple, if you've got a before, during, and after, and you've got mm. a different vendor for each, mm. or multiple vendors in there, how quickly can you automate that process? Uh, yeah, and, and are there gaps, actually, in, in that? You know, a, a, again, what we see, and the reason why we talk about BDA, and the reason we talk about turning security into more of a, we talk about security as an architecture, as a system that works together, because... Fundamentally, what we've seen over the past 15, 20 years of security is people buying best of breed. You know, security is quite very typical of people buying yeah. best of breed. It's defense in depth. You think, it's well, defense. if I'm buying something from, from Cisco and then I buy it from another vendor, well, then I'm, going to be, yeah. I'm spreading my risk. I'm, if one gets a bug or yeah, one of them's yeah, got yeah. issues, but it, then but, I'm not going to be. But, but what you lose from that is that, that integration, that speed of response. I mean, you talked about, and when we talk about networks and enforcer, we talk about the ability for the network to dynamically respond to threat. You only get there if you've got a very tightly coupled architecture approach. Yeah, to no, that's the thing I've noticed very differently because a customer said to me the other day, he said, I got, we, we, we bought a, this was an education customer, he said, we bought, uh, or a department bought a website yep. or, or access to a website. That got infected. We got our machines infected. And he had things looking at NetFlow for exits. Yep. He had yep. things looking at, and he looked at all the different parts mm. of it. But the thing is, it still took them days to do it because they say, well, like, I've seen. An IP address that's doing something bad, yeah. but who is that IP address? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing of where you look at a, an integrated solution of, okay, uh, I've got through my web security. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Mm. Not fine, but we, it, we take it, that. It will happen. It, it will happen. Yeah. So we've got to take that as a, as a given. It will happen. But because of the nature of NetFlow and then being able to spot these phone records, I've gone and spotted something bad, yeah. but that bad behavior is, it, oh, is then links to the identity services engine, which you know, is our network yeah. as an enforcer, but yeah. goes, I'm now going to identify that Mark Jackson's machine's been yeah. identified. Yeah. It's been a compromise. Ooh, right. That's and, then, and then mm. I can automatically lock down your machine, mm-hmm. your yeah. communications from your machine. That's automated. And I know, I've actually know who to pick the phone up to. Absolutely. That's a system. That's, that's the integration piece. What you, what you simply don't have the time to do in these kind of outbreaks is you don't have the luxury of time on your side. Because this thing, you know, it can, it's a matter of seconds that this happens. It's, it's seconds. And if you yeah. don't have, you know, an army of analysts looking at the, at looking at the output of these security mm-hmm. events on an hourly, minute basis and able to respond so quickly, yeah. then you've got no chance of being able to sort of identify and remediate very yeah. quickly. So having a degree of automation and through that system approach more integrated is a really key Yeah, because the one thing you always say is, that, I mean, it's, it's, the customer always says to you, says, yeah, but what, how do I defend against yeah. this, Mark? Yeah, and, and, and what's I, the silver bullet? Do you and, mean, and, 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 and I've talked about it. You know, I've highlighted it through, throughout the conversation, which is that um, to me, it's it's the wrong question. Um, there's a podcast I listen to, which is uh, you know, uh, you listen to other podcasts. I listen to other podcasts. I feel, I feel, I, 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 feel, I feel. Yeah, I, I don't know. know. I'm I sorry. I don't feel happy. It's not you. It's me. Um, <laughs> no. So, so there's a great podcast that I listen to uh, called uh, Security Weekly, and there's a guy in there um, who talks quite eloquently about 
the way in which we need to change our philosophy around security. And I absolutely subscribe to it. And, and, and it plays into what we've already talked about, which is when we ask ourselves, how do I defend against this threat? We're asking ourselves the wrong question. Because as I said before, we can't build a wall high enough that is going to stop a bad guy getting in. All he's going to do is build a longer ladder. And so if we measure ourselves and we, and we try and uh, pride ourselves on trying to be able to block everything, it's never going to happen. You cannot block everything, period. You know, accept that. And I think once you start to say, well, if I can't block everything, what is the right question to ask myself and how I build my security? And that question then becomes, well, how do I identify and mitigate the threat in, threat in the shortest possible time? Yeah. And if you think about building security in that way, it comes back to that point I made earlier in terms of, you know, if I knew I was going to be compromised, how would I do security differently? Um, it is thinking about security in that way because I think that then changes your philosophy. It changes your investment strategy. It changes your policies. It changes the, the whole way in which you might think about how you build yeah. up your environment because your defenses will be compromised. Uh, it's just a matter of when, not if. Um, so thinking about how do I reduce that time? We, we talk about the time to know, MTTK. Uh, it's a wonderful acronym. Uh, mean time to know. How, how, how short can I make that window between the point at which I'm in infected yeah. and the point at which I know about it and therefore I can do something about it? Coming back yeah. to your point about the integration, how do I get that to be the smallest possible window? Yeah. Um, yeah we've seen stats of people being infected for months and days, you know, days and months and years even before they've even known that they've mm -hmm. been infected. We're trying to get that down to you know minutes and hours, okay. and control it and contain it, and that's 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 the objective now. It's not it's not about saying we're going to stop it. It's about reducing that time. Right. Okay. That's the critical part. Brilliant. Mark, thank you very much for re uh, reaching Pleasure. out to me and uh, and saying we need to do a podcast on this. We uh, we're going to get this up on up online. So, in summary, the things the customers need to think about is think about your before. Think about your before. Think about your before. Think about your during. Think about your after. Yeah. Think how you can automate that process. Absolutely. And, and get that yeah. done to the shortest amount of time of yeah. from the time you're infected, knowing that you're infected, yeah. to getting something remediated Absolutely. and done about it. Yeah. And user education. Uh, yeah, user know, education. I think if there were three things, it would be user education, it would be kind of assume breach. You know, assume, assume you're being attacked. Think, think and about how that. can you automate and, and then, yeah, the automation piece. Think about security across that continuum and the automation piece, and that would be my three takeaways. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. Another awesome podcast from you. Thanks, Justin. Cheers, guys. Um, if you've got any questions, you can reach out to myself, uh, justin.woolen at cisco.com, uh, or you can contact me directly on Twitter uh, at, at Justin Woolen, or you can contact yourself, Mark, on this topic. Yeah, at M underscore Jack 76. I'm going to have to change that. No, 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 it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. All right, then. Uh, and uh, thanks very much for listening, and uh, hopefully here on the next, uh, uh, you can hear us on the next podcast.